Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. The San Jose Sharks Radio Network presents The Teal Report. Here's Dan Rusinowski. The Sharks are back on the ice in Denver, Colorado, with their second meeting of the season against the Colorado Avalanche, following a disappointing 7-3 loss in the same building two nights ago. Winger Evander Kane understands what happened in the 7-3 loss, and he gave us an assessment for what has to change tonight. Yeah, we got beat uh, pretty handily. Um... You know, we just have to have a higher compete level and and uh, make them play defense a lot more than they did last game. Kane is very confident that the Sharks can be a bounce-back team tonight, and he gave us the reason why. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's important. You know, you don't want to, especially in a shortened season, when you're playing division-only games, you, it's, it's tough to lose two in a row. So I, I think that's kind of been our mindset going into um, those second games, which so far we've won them all. It seems to be a bit of a pattern here. But... Uh, you know, we know Colorado's a good team. They're fast. Um, but, you know, we, we let them spend too much time in the, the offensive zone last game. And, and that's something I think if we can change that, we'll, we'll give ourselves a much better chance to, to win the hockey game. As is always the case, lineup changes will occur following a 7-3 to loss. And Bob Bugner, the head coach of the Sharks, outlined those for us. Yeah, Dubnik's going to play in net. Um, we're going to put Sasha Chemileski in for his first uh, game in the National Hockey League. And uh, Steph Nason's going back in. So out is John Leonard and out is uh, Marcus Sorensen. The lines will juggle around a little bit for the Sharks. Timo Meyer is back on a combination with Tomas Hurdle and Evander Kane, and he looks forward to the challenge. I think we got to start off in, in, in the D zone and then make sure we do the details right. And then obviously we want to play in the offensive zone. I think uh, that's our biggest thing. Using the body, protecting pucks, and then and, you know create some space for each other in the offensive zone, and I think if we're doing the details right, we're going to have success. Martin Jones started the last game against Colorado, but tonight it'll be Devin Dubnik who relieved Jones midway through that 7-3 defeat. Dubnik says that it's a difficult assignment to have to jump into a game, but it's part of the job description. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a difficult situation to be put into, but that's that's part of the job, and and uh, you just go in there and try to try to provide some energy and and work and. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I felt really good. I think, uh, you know, despite the, the score in the St. Louis game, I felt pretty good in the game and, and uh, you know, just, just try to build each day going forward here. Um, you know, the more, more games you can get in, obviously, the more, more things you can work on and, and how you feel. And so, uh, you know, just, just got to try next time I get in there to, uh, to continue to build. Dubnik sees an opportunity to gain confidence and to earn more playing time. I think, you know, I've said before, you just want to work um, and, and play well and work hard and, and be, you know, you want to be the guy that gets called upon to play. And, and uh, you know, you earn that by, by the way you play. So uh, every time I go out there, I want to be, you know, making it a, a tough decision to, uh, you know, to not, not continue to play me. And, and Jones is the exact same way. And I think, you know, we've talked about it lots, but we're in a, a great situation here with the two of us. And, 
and we're both going to be playing lots. So, um, you know, I love, love playing games and, and, but the, you know, the key is to, to get in there and, and earn each start going forward. So every time I get in there, I'll be trying to do that. With the Sharks holding a younger roster than in many years past, a number of players are going to make their National Hockey League debuts this season. Tonight, it's Sasha Shemeljevsky's turn. Shemeljevsky will be centering a line combination with Patrick Marleau on the left wing side and Stefan Nason on the right. Sasha told us when he found out he was playing and who his first phone call went to. I kind of found out today um, when they post the lineup in the morning. Um, I call my parents first. I think they mean the most to me, my brothers as well. Um, just my family. It's uh, it's a special moment, not only for me, but for them as well. Of course, he had a bit of an inkling that he might be in the lineup when he was practicing on a regular line in yesterday's session. Anytime uh, you practice with the team, um, there's a good chance that you can be in. And um, I kind of got that feeling yesterday, but uh, confirmed that today. So didn't know till today, but still uh, pretty cool. Shemeljevsky has been practicing very intensely with the Sharks taxi squad, and he gave us his thoughts on the game tonight. Well, obviously, we don't want to jumpstart their offense. Um, they're very explosive, so we got to make sure that we're not giving them any time and space and just taking away um, everything we can from uh, their great players because, obviously, when you give them that room, um, you know, they're going to make us look not the best. So um, just try- trying to take away that time and space, I think, would be the most important part. What does a kid in his first NHL game have as a goal for the evening? Sasha gave it to us. I think just being reliable um playing good smart hockey um obviously we're playing a good team and we need to be smart with the way we handle the puck and i'm I'm honestly just excited for the moment um haven't thought about like exactly what i'm going to do out there just more you know really happy to be here and excited to uh, actually play my first game The Hilton San Jose is the preferred hotel of the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center in San Jose. Experience something new. Close to home or from across the world, the Hilton San Jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences. Enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious Waldorf Astoria beds and upgraded amenities. We're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out. Visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation. We are Hilton. We are hospitality. Marlowe's going to break away. He's moving and he shoots. He scores! It's everything Sharks hockey in one place. Brent Burns on a power play goal. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and the destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey plus unique Sharks content all day long on the Sharks Audio Network. Jack Daniels has always made whiskey, and if they had it their way, they always will. But there's one thing Jack can't make more of, moments. Those are on us to create. You see, friends, we only get one shot at this crazy ride, so let's make sure we're making the most of every moment. So whether today's the day you're trying that thing you've always wanted to do or just going to sip a glass of Jack with your San Jose Sharks, don't let a single moment go to waste. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Tennessee whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels, Distillery, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, Old Number 7, Registered Trademarks. 2020 Jack Daniels, all rights reserved. We continue with our Teal Report from Denver, Colorado. At Ball Arena, the Sharks play the Avalanche for the second time this season. One thing that Bob Bugner was really looking for from his forwards was more aggressive play down low. And he also wants the forwards to block more shots than they've been able to this season. Last game against the Avalanche, the Sharks had 14 blocked shots, which was an improvement over the 10 that they got in the previous game in Minnesota. Evander Kane gave us his thoughts as to what's needed to do to get more shot blocks on the stat sheet. Block more shots. 
or you just got to get in the way of pucks, which sometimes you'll block the shot. Sometimes the defenseman will shoot it uh, wide and by you. So, I mean, it's just about uh, getting it done. Timo Meyer checked in with his thoughts on the key to blocking more shots. Yeah, it's, it's commitment. Uh, like I said, it's important uh, in the D zone that we we do the details. That's one of the details, uh, being the shooting lanes and get out to block some shots. Uh, we face some teams that block more shots uh, than us, and then we got to be better at that. Uh, definitely the wingers. Uh, they have some active Ds that, uh, you know, they can shoot the puck. They're also uh, dangerous in rolling you, so you got to be aware to be in the shooting lanes, but be ready to react. But it's more than blocking shots that the Sharks have to be concerned with tonight as Colorado showed a very effective and active defense and back pressure that was as elite as any team in the NHL. Evander Kane told us about that challenge and what the Sharks need to do. That was pretty evident last night. Um, you know, their forwards did a good job, especially early in the game, tracking the puck, um, you know, when we did get it. I thought a lot of the times, you know, myself and Fudd, we were flat-footed when we got the puck. I think we were... You know, it's tough when you're spending a lot of time in your D zone. Um, you know, you're thinking real, you're really thinking defense first. Um, and you're not really anticipating pucks uh, as, as best as you maybe would. But um, especially against a team like that and with some of the players they got. But I think we've got to be a lot more on our toes. And that will give us uh, a little bit more time and space out there when we do get the puck offensively. Being effective in this situation against Colorado involves what they call the sword outs. And being aware of what's going on on the ice is critical to doing that. When you have a team like Colorado that executes the process so quickly, Sasha Shimelyevsky says it's a challenge for a young forward. I think you just stay within the structure of the team. Um, we've talked about that. Um, guys know what they need to do. And uh, I think just using your hockey instinct, I feel like I'm a smart player. And obviously there's a lot of great players on that side, but I'm just excited to be here and uh, use my uh, instinct and just, just be myself out there. One area where the Sharks definitely need to be better is in the physical department. Timo Meyer gave us his thoughts as to what his line combination can do in that area. Yeah, we definitely got to bring more physicality into the game. I think the last game we didn't play with a lot of energy and I think there wasn't the, the right effort. So it, it obviously starts with some physical physical game. Uh, they have smaller defensemen that obviously don't like to get hit. So it's, it's on us to make it uh, a hard night on them. And uh, so they don't want to go back for pucks and, uh, and get them. So it's going to create more space for us if we do that consistent. And uh, yeah, it's part of our game. The power play can really help the Sharks get out of a couple of jams. But San Jose has been one for their last 19 on the man advantage. That's only 5.3%. With those results, Coach Bob Bugner says there's probably going to be changes. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we've already had a meeting this morning with both units and there will be some changes in personnel in different units and, uh, and, and it's time. I think that uh, we started off uh, as one of the best power plays in the league through the first four, uh, four games. And now, uh, you know, after game seven, we've struggled a little bit, especially that top unit. And uh, um, that's like anything in our game. It's, it's, it's about details, just like our five and five game and, and, you know, urgency. I think our power play, uh, especially our first unit has been guilty of not outworking the penalty kill. And, uh, um, you know, they have an aggressive penalty kill just like ours. And, and uh, we should be ready for that. We knew how they were going to pressure. And uh, there wasn't a lot of urgency or execution. And that's a big part of the game. I said that at 3-1, uh, there's a lot of game left. And, and we allowed a shorty. And, uh, and, and, and that's, you know, not, not, not how you start a second period. You give, a, give the Avs a 4-1 lead. And now you're chasing. And now you got to open up a little bit. And, you know, that's what the result was. 
Would one of those changes involve splitting Brent Burns and Eric Carlson from the same power play unit? We've discussed it. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, always a, a possibility, and we'll do anything we need to do to get them going. But uh, like I said, um, we were one of the better teams with those two guys running it um, in the first few games. And, you know, every team's going to go through this throughout the season where uh, their power play goes in a little bit of drought. you got to make some adjustments. And, uh, um, you know, there's other adjustments you can make with those two guys and what positions they play on that unit as well. So we're looking at everything, and we're going to, you know, um, try and practice as best as we can uh, and get some more structure there. Colorado's penalty killing on defense looks a little different than it did last year. In the 1920 season, coach Jared Bednar went with a behemoth Nikita Zadorov on defense with a defensively-minded Ian Cole, a veteran. This season, he's going with Devon Taves and Samuel Girard, and he says that it's working in the new NHL. Well, I think you're seeing guys with skill levels at all different sizes play the game. So that's, you know, become more apparent, I think, over recent years. For us, it's just, I mean, it's the way we're built, right? If you look at our decor right now, um, I know Kale McCarr is not known to us just yet as a penalty killer or Gerard or Taves or Bo Byram, but that's four guys, and then it's Johnson and Graves last night. I mean, you can't kill penalties all night long with two two defensemen, so they're 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 going to have to kill. And if you look at um, the best, you know, D around the league, they do it all. You know, Victor Hedman does it all. Drew Doughty does it all. They kill penalties. They block shots. They produce offensively, and that's what our guys will will grow into as well. You know, like when when Kale's a young guy coming in, and we have four guys that have killed penalties their whole careers and made a living on it, then there's no need to kill Kale McCarr to kill penalties. But he's going to kill penalties for us this year. It's just where our team is going, and um, those guys will, will basically do a little bit of everything. Obviously, the Avalanche coach was happy with the 7-3 victory, and perhaps the most important thing for his team was that he got secondary scoring instead of depending on Nathan McKinnon's line. Right-wing Jonas Donskoy, who picked up one of those goals, says it's critical to the success of the Avalanche. Uh, well, I think that's that's uh, key to our success. That's how I see it, and that's what we need, especially going further to the season and closer to the playoffs. That's uh, we need all the four lines going. We need all the four lines uh, scoring goals, and and uh, uh, we haven't really had that this season. I feel like for the first time, I feel like we got all the four lines going. But I think I think that's that's uh, something that we need to improve going forward. But when you have Nathan McKinnon, you have one of the most luxurious players in the league. He hasn't scored in three consecutive games, and Avalanche media were asking head coach Jared Bednar if he was getting frustrated. I think he understands that as long as he's creating those chances and getting those opportunities, that eventually it's going to level out for him. So I haven't seen any any frustration. I think it's, you know, we've been, you know, kind of building over the first seven games to getting our team game in order, and, and I think we've done that. Um, and, and played pretty well even in a couple of the games that we lost. So I think uh, that's the main priority, and, 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 and his numbers are going to come and goals are going to come. There's no question. Make sure that you're listening to the Sharks and the Avalanche. Our broadcast coverage begins at 5.30 from Denver on the Sharks app and also on the web. I'm Dan Rusinowski. For the complete Teal Report and more great Sharks content, go to sjsharks.com listen.